football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, handsome co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on? It must be the lighting today that, 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 made, that prompted you to call me call me handsome. I, I, I updated my lighting in my office, and I feel like it's just shining just straight on my face, making me look whiter than ever. So. It does look good. The, light, the, the lighting there looks good. Right now, I am sitting in uh, semi-darkness. Uh, I, I, I had my, my, my lights on. We both have, I'm assuming you have like a studio light type thing, type setup going on there. Is that what it is? Can I, can I tell you, can I tell you what I switched to? I switched to my, my vitamin D sun lamp. Your vitamin D sun lamp. Yeah. That's what's, that's what's lighting uh, wow. me right now. That look, it looks really good. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, spe- this is, this is not what I thought we were going to talk about when we started uh, the show. I listen to, so I, the only podcast I really listen to is armchair expert by Dak Shepard. Uh, uh-huh. you know, the, he, he's married to Kristen Bell and, and whatnot. Right. He did, he did punked way back in the day. I, and I, I think I mentioned it on this show before. I just love listening to his, his, his podcast because he's just so incredibly vulnerable. Like I've never, I've never listened to a host of anything be as vulnerable and as open as he is. And, you know, he's had like drug addictions and, uh, he's had issues and he's just, he's an incredibly good, uh, he's smart as hell, but he's also an incredibly good interviewer. Anyway, he had some dude on this past week who like studies, uh, hormones and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know what he actually did. Cause I kind of jumped around the podcast and whatnot, but one of the things that this guy said was like insanely important to like your sleep schedule and everything. And that, that could benefit everyone. So I want to share this. I haven't really tried yeah. it out yet, but he said that if you wake up in the morning and when the sun is not totally up yet, but it's like coming up, you know, and the way that the sun, the, like the, the way that the light comes, like hits you uh, and the angle that it hits you, it's really beneficial basically for your health. This is like a, a layman's way of explaining it. Cause I couldn't explain it the way that he did. Sure. Basically, if you do that for like 10 to 30 minutes in the morning and then in the evening as well, he said it's legitimately life-changing just that. Yes, uh, it, it, it resets your body clock, your, your rhythms, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have, and I think I've mentioned this probably a few times on the podcast, I have my, my struggles with sleep over the years. I haven't had it in a while. But one, one thing that really helped, and it was recommended by, by a doctor, a sleep expert, uh, who I saw maybe six years ago, was just what you said. It Crazy. was to wake up, to get immediate sunlight exposure and then to make sure that you you get some in the afternoon late afternoon and even mm-hmm. even into the evening and it it lets your body know like when it's time to wake up and then when it's time to go to bed you know, to go to like to get ready for sleep and this is why shift workers uh, struggle so much yes. with sleep because they they can't get this this, yeah. this sort of sunlight exposure uh, mostly so yeah it's a that's a very good tip 
And by the way, I've listened to so many of the shows that he's done with like experts. I'm so interested in just like being as healthy as I can. You know, I, I went through what I went through this past year and like got my body back to where it should be. And like, I worked hard at it and, uh, through diet and through, you know, I was, I always exercise and stuff, but it's mostly through diet and changing that around. But it's just so insane how everything always just comes down to three things, diet, yes. sleep, and stress yes. and managing stress. Those three things, if you can manage those things, you're, you're going to live a very healthy and happy life. That's what it comes down to. It's crazy. And, and, and those th- three things are so interrelated and I yeah. don't know what comes first, you know, does, does bad sleep come from stress? Does stress come from bad sleep? Does, where does the eating come True. from there? I, I don't, I don't really know, but yeah, no, there, there's an easy, if you struggle, if you ever struggle with, with sleep issues, uh, the, the key is to reset Sometimes it's a hard reset and sometimes it's not fun at all. It's actually quite miserable, but, uh, what JJ said is, is absolutely right. Same thing with diet though, too. I mean, if, if you have any, if you're having gut issues, like I basically just dumb down my diet all the way. And then you start introducing food slowly to see like what you react with and what you know that you can and can't consume. And that's, yeah. that's, that's where I got essentially. Um, but that's, it's, I, I just think that like, doing that can be healthy for everyone. But I, I did want to say, so this is what we were going to open the show with, not not what we just talked about. So I'm sitting there on Friday, okay? It's like Friday at like 11, okay? I'm sitting there, our neighbors next door. So my neighborhood where, that I live in, uh, the houses are fairly close together. Um, and, and it's not, it's an older neighborhood. It was uh, not older, but I mean, it was built in like the, like a lot of the houses are like late nineties and stuff, early 2000s. So it's not like, new, new, you know, it's like the, our old house that we lived in was more of like a cookie cutter neighborhood where like they just built a bunch of houses and all the houses are really tight together. It's not quite like that, but Uh the houses are still pretty close together. And we have AT&T fiber. Okay. That's our, that's my internet. And you know how the, they put that underground, the, the wire underground. Sure. So I'm sitting there on Friday and our neighbors next door, we're getting their lawn aerated and evidently, and, and, and while they're doing that, our internet goes out. And I I immediately was like, Amanda, I know for a fact that the the lawn people did this. It's not my neighbor's fault at all. I mean, they didn't do anything. It was the, it was the combination of uh, AT&T not digging it deep enough and the aeration tool literally cutting it up. So I, yeah. Yeah. And so, so we didn't know what the issue, I called AT&T. They couldn't come out until Monday. At four, oh. they didn't get here until 4:30 p.m. I was without internet from Friday at 11 a.m. to Monday at 4:30 p.m. How did you not resort to like cannibalism? We we were we were close. We were we I so we 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 used my our, our phone's LTE the our our phone hotspot the entire weekend. We I watched football in in eight bit. I mean, it was just like. Oh. It was like I was playing like like a like a like Madden 2000 on my N64. Right. That's 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 literally what it, this looked like. Uh, consuming and I, I couldn't, you know, I have I have Sunday ticket. I couldn't even watch. Uh, oh. Like I, I couldn't watch. I just had to have Red Zone Channel on all weekend because like I wanted to get, to get as much information as I possibly could while yeah. watching these blocks running across my screen. Uh, <laughs> It was, it was, it was horrible. And then I was today, I actually had, uh, someone come by the house to, to do some work and I was talking to him 
And he was like, he was like, I think I would, I think I would rather not have lights than, than not have internet. And I'm like, I think that's true. Yeah. To yeah. not have no, you, no, would, and I'm not saying electricity, I'm saying lights, like, uh, like around your house, having lighting, yeah. right. I would much rather have internet than lighting. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You can, you can go full, you know, romantic eighties movie and light a bunch of damn candles Yeah, in, in a room and light it up and you can, and then you can log on. No, it, that's a, that's hands down. I'm going with the internet over lights. Oh, it was, it was so bad though, because you, because you think that things are working and you're like, oh yeah, I can maybe download this one, th- this one like spreadsheet or something. Nope. You can't like, you just, you can't do anything. It was it was a horrible, horrible experience. Oh, and, and using your phone as a hotspot, that probably only costs like $800 over the weekend. That's the thing. I, I This week, I plan on uh, calling AT&T and just like, I, I, as you know, I don't like confrontation at all. Like I, right. I, if someone's like being a jerk on Twitter or something like that, I'll sarcastically like jab back at them. But when it comes to confrontation, hate it, terrible at it, always been bad at it, just <laughs> despise it. And I yeah. know that about right. myself, self-aware. And, but, but, when it comes to this kind of stuff, like when I get to this point, I am like, I'm sorry, Fred, who lives in Plano, Texas. I am going to go nuts whenever you answer that call and you're, <laughs> and you're my customer service rep. I, and I, while I do, but when I get angry at customers, do you do this too? When, if you ever get angry at a customer service rep, I'm constantly apologizing to that person, but completely, because I completely know that I'm being loud and obnoxious. But I'm saying, I know it's not your fault. I'm just so freaking mad right now because your company is idiotic. Right. But right. yada, yada, yada. Yeah, right. I had to go. I had to log off for the love yeah. of God. What is this? The 80s? Yeah. I mean, what, what, who, who, what internet providers like, no, we can't fix your internet for four days in the year of our Lord 2021. Four days? I, no, that would be a no for me. I would be picketing outside of, of the headquarters of my internet provider. Yeah, if, if that happened. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, let's talk about what happened in week four. Pretty, pretty good week Yeah, for the streamers. Uh, we had on defense, we had Chicago. They had nine. We had Tennessee. They had three because they're terrible. We had Green Bay. They had seven. Cincinnati, they were the biggest disappointment. They had one. The, the Cincinnati tilt was uh, Thursday night tilts are the worst, man. They're, they're worse than because at least like Sunday night games, Monday night games, games have just happened. And you're like, they're, they're not as tilty as the Thursday night games. Cause if you get a bad Thursday night performance, all you're thinking about for 48 hours is, is how bad that performance was. Yeah, no, it sticks. It sticks in your crawl as the yeah. numbers. Are- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so then uh, we also had uh, Miami had four and Dallas had eight. So we gave you a lot of streaming options last week at D and they were all reasonably good. Uh, you had Sam Darnold as the top streamer last week, 31.5. Taylor Heineke. I started Taylor Heineke over Ryan Tannehill, and I was yeah. almost not going to do it because I just didn't want to make a transaction, but I did it, and I won the week because of it. Let's uh, go. But Taylor Heineke, 27.9 points. Uh, Mac Jones, who was a deeper play, he still put up 17. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in the first half, but in the first half, he had 8.6. So he wasn't, he was probably in line for a decent enough day had he played, you know, that entire game. Um, and then at tight end, pretty good week. We had Dawson Knox, who is scoring all the time. Uh, he had 20.7 points. We had Evan Ingram at 7.4. Zach Ertz, 12. Tyler Conklin, 5.8. Dalton, uh, this offense revolves around me, the centerpiece of the Dallas Cowboys offense, as you, re- as you said last week. 
He had 17.8 points and Cameron Brait, who we added late in the week because of this Gronk injury had 4.9. So, I mean, tight end, like you look at the tight end, the, the top tight ends this past week. And, you know, I've seen fantasy Twitter be like, oh, no one's starting these guys. We are fantasy Twitter. We are. We're no starting, these, starting guys. these guys. I was thrilled to start, uh, but not, not Conklin this week, but the last couple of weeks. And I was thrilled to find Dawson Knox on a couple of waiver wires. He was yeah. still out there. You know, it's so, it's so awesome that the, the process uh, that I talked through about finding breakout tight ends on the late round podcast this year, where breakout tight ends that are drafted really, really late, have a really interesting hit rate um, when they're attached to a top five quarterback by ADP. And at the time, the two tight ends that I pointed out were Dawson Knox and Blake Jarwin. But obviously, I mean, I mean, this is like the definition of process, right? Like there was clearly the right process to be on Jarwin, but it wasn't the right, I mean, it was the wrong guy. It was, but I mean, Schultz was, was easily uh, available in mostly. Yeah. Yeah. We adjusted. Yeah. Last week. Also, um, you know, there were reports like in the preseason, I'm, I'm sure we mentioned it once, at least once that Schultz was going to come into the season, at least seeing half the, the, yeah. the workload of the routes and everything. So anyway, the process was right on in well, those two uh, circumstances. I don't know about you, but I generally know who I tout a lot and who people benefit from based on which players are on my rosters. Uh-huh, right. Sure. Like, and so, and, and Dalton Schultz is on like half of my rosters right now. And so I know, I know that the, like people that listen to this show, people that listen to the late round podcast, are they, they likely have Dalton Schultz because I've been talking about him and I have him on, on my squads as well. I just wish that the, you know, I, I would have been Schultz that I said, you know, back in July, whenever I talked about that study, it was Schultz who was the, the Dallas tight end to target, but even still, uh, you know, being on Dawson Knox and Dalton and, and, and Blake Jarwin in that tight end situation in Dallas preseason feels pretty good right now because they both look like Fairly viable. I'm not saying that they're going to be Darren Waller or anything like that, but they they look like they're going to be probably low end tight end ones this year. And you know, Dawson Knox was targeted at the one on a play where he like had his back turned to Josh Allen for some reason. I I, I thought I thought he had another touchdown. They could have been monster, a monster week. I mean, Dalton Schultz over under 18 touchdowns this year. Uh, you, I'm hammering the over. <laughs> you kind of hammer the over. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this week. Let's start with defenses, Denny. Why don't you kick things off? Yeah, uh, defenses are, are okay this week. I mean, can we ever ever confidently say they're good? Uh, the, the Falcons, widely available, playing the Jets at home. Uh, the Falcons, of course, are favored here by three and a half points at the moment. Zach Wilson had a, had an okay week against Tennessee, which is probably the worst secondary in the league by like a, a, a good margin. Uh, Wilson has faced pressure on 43% of his dropbacks this year. This third highest rate in the league. Uh, he also has the fourth worst adjusted completion rate in the NFL through the first month of the season. So I, I think the Falcons are, are okay, are fine-ish play, um, yeah. but definitely they have a lot of downside in this one. Yeah, I mean, just because the Falcons defense sucks is why it's tough to like really back them, but uh, the matchup is definitely there. I, I think that the top streamer, maybe you disagree, I think the top streamer is Minnesota this week. Yeah, um, sure. And the reason I say that they get uh, Detroit, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, they are seven and a half point favorites in that game. Detroit's allowing two and a half sacks per game. That's a bottom half uh, rate. They, they've allowed a bottom half uh, sack rate as well. So if you want to divide that by the number of dropbacks, um, they're allowing sacks. Minnesota, meanwhile, 
is top 10 in pressure rate and top five in sack rate. So, uh, Denny, I think that we call that a sack based floor based floor. Yes. I think we do. All, All right. right. Go ahead. So my go, uh, so I have the Raiders, the Raiders are at home against the bears. Raiders are five and a half point home favorites. Who knows who will start? Uh, Matt Nagy is, uh, unbelievably sticking with Andy Dalton as his starter. If Dalton is able to walk, let me ask you a question. This is going to be an aside. And I think, but I think people will appreciate the conversation. Who do you think is worse as a, both a, to, to like the media, we don't know them as humans to the media. And as a coach, urban Meyer or Matt Nagy. I I think Matt Nagy is worse to the media. I do too. But I think urban Meyer is clearly a worse coach. Maybe, maybe saying worse coach is the bad way to phrase that because urban Meyer sucks as a coach, but urban Meyer, at least like it, like he, he, like, I feel like Matt Nagy is constantly trying to like hide something like he's, he, he's, he's constantly like just not being himself and not being like, and, and Urban Meyer is just slimy, right? Like this, he's just, you know, especially all the stuff that's happened this week, but Nagy just has this, like this, this part of him that mm. I, I feel like there's, there's just something more that he's just not, I mean, there is something more that he's just not letting anyone know, but to like, a, to, to an annoying degree, because he loves that power. It seems like. Yeah, I, I think uh, Gase was similar. Uh, yeah, in, that's in, true. Yeah, in his approach, where he was always he always acted like he had like a trick up his sleeve that he didn't want to give he give away to the media and therefore his opponents. But in the end, Adam Gase never had any tricks for anybody. It was all just garbage. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Nagy. Like you're not you're not a genius, man. Like you know you're not Bill Walsh. You're Matt Nagy. Yeah, it's sort of like it's sort of like when people uh, who. Uh, who, who, it's sort of like when people tell other people that they're nice instead of just showing them yeah, that they're nice. Kind of, kind of is. Yeah. I, I think, I feel like Kyle Shanahan is, is on the border line of, of, of that, he that is. sort of uh, uh, approach because I mean, I, we're getting to the point where Shanahan has to show it, show us something. He has yeah. to do something yeah. here. Um, obviously he hates having to start Trey Lance and we'll see if he can do it, but but yeah, they're all kind of this cut from the same cloth in that way. Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Raiders. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. The the, the Raiders, obviously, at home favorites. Uh, Justin Fields, if he's playing, has, has completed 48% of his passes over the past two weeks. I understand that that includes the, the debacle against Cleveland. He has two picks and zero touchdowns over that uh, span. So if the Raiders can get out to a lead, their defense might be able to take advantage of the, the rook. I am going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of Kyle Shanahan, they are facing Kyle Shanahan this week. They're rostered in just 33% of Yahoo leagues. Trey Lance probably getting the start, I'd say. I don't know if you've if you've heard any differently, um, but it, I know that they're saying like there's a possibility that Jimmy plays, but it just sounds like it's it's probably not going to happen. No, um, I don't think so. No. So, you know, if Jimmy plays, it really doesn't change the way that I feel about this recommendation. San Francisco this season, they've had obviously four games played as every other team has. They've had two positive game scripts because remember they played Detroit in week one where they were out big early uh, and Detroit started to come back, but it was never a negative game script for them. Philadelphia week two, where it was a lower scoring game, but they had that positive game script. You know, the defenses that in those two games, which they're not good defenses, but those two defenses were not strong in fantasy. You look at the past two games, 
you get Green Bay and you get uh, Seattle. And mm-hmm. both of those teams were uh, pretty strong. I mean, if, you know, usable, let's say. Um, they allowed three sacks per game in those contests, 17 total quarterback hits, uh, and two turnovers uh, mm-hmm. per game in those. So, uh, or maybe two turnovers in total. Um, but anyway, so uh, when, when you adjust for opponent, uh, mm-hmm. San Francisco is an average uh, opponent in terms of fantasy points allowed. Um, so I, I think regardless of who's under center for San Francisco, Arizona should be fine as a streaming option this week as a five and a half point favorite. Yeah, I, I wouldn't let the potential shootout nature of that game or high scoring nature of the game push you off of Arizona. We, we've seen defenses, uh, you know, do fine in uh, in games like that. So don't don't get too worried about that. either. Yeah, for sure. All right. We are moving right. on to. Yep. Quarterbacks. I've, I realized that that was our last defense. Quarterbacks. This is, this is a professional bo- podcast. Uh, very professional. Uh, we have five quarterbacks we'll get through. I'll start. I'll go with Sam Darnold, who uh, is crushing it right now. Um, he leads the league in rushing touchdowns, Denny. Sam Darnold does. Uh, he has five of them. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people, and I, I'm going to explain this on my podcast that drops tomorrow too. But I think a lot of people, they see the five rushing touchdowns and they say, oh, he's going to regress. Like Sam Darnold's going to be bad in fantasy because he's not going to continue to rush for over a rushing touchdown per game. But the way that you need to think of this is the way that drives finish, right? And the way that the drives are finishing for Carolina is that a lot of these drives are finishing in a Sam Darnold rushing touchdown. But what happens if those drives, instead of that, instead of that being the way they score their touchdown, what happens if it's through the air? Right. Sam Darnold's still going to benefit from that. And if you look at his numbers, he has a 3.4% touchdown rate right now. So Sam Darnold has a lot of room for growth from a passing standpoint, but it's because he's taking away those passing touchdown opportunities by running the football. So yes, it's not good that, uh, that uh, a rushing touchdown is six points and a passing touchdown is four points. He's going to lose two points when that regression hits and things start to flip a little bit. But if Carolina's offense continues to be the way that it's been and continues to perform the way it's performed, uh, Darnold should be absolutely fine. And then you look at uh, Philly. They haven't been an amazing opponent when looking at adjusted fantasy points allowed, but I'm not really scared of this defense. Um, there's a healthy enough 24-point team total for Carolina this week. I think Darnold's a pretty safe option. You know what's weird about Darnold is that he's like third in design quarterback runs yeah. this year. And so I, I'm not saying that we're going to get a rushing touchdown every week from Sam Darnold, far from it, but it might not be as fluky as I first thought anyway. Yeah. That, that, that rushing production. For sure. All right. I have two Jones. I'm going to start with Mac Jones in new England against uh, Houston. It's actually in Houston. Not that that matters too much. The Patriots are eight and a half point favorites with an implied total of 24.25. I suppose you could do worse. Um, this is a four play. As far as I can tell, the Texans, uh, are the fourth best matchup against quarterbacks per JJ's, uh, adjusted numbers. Uh, the Texans are allowing the seventh highest yards per pass attempt through four weeks. And, uh, Mac Jones should have plenty of time to operate behind an, uh, an okay offensive line. But the, the, the key here is that the Texans have the third lowest quarterback hurry rate in the league. I, I, I don't mind him as a, again, as a floor play, I, I would prefer probably the other streamers though. Yeah. Same here, but I think he works enough. Uh, let's just go to Trey Lance quickly. I mean, this is kind of obvious. He had 20 points in one half last week. He ran the ball seven times for 41 yards. We know how important 
that mo- that mobile juices for quarterbacks in fantasy football. Um, and, and again, I, I think that ideally San Francisco would want to be conservative the way they run their offense this week, but I don't think they, they have that choice. Like, I, I don't think they're going to be able to because Arizona's offense is clicking and good. Um, and so they're going to have to be somewhat aggressive and Trey Lance was aggressive last week. At least, uh, he, he wasn't great. Uh, but I, I do think that, um, uh, he, he's a, a good play this week. I mean, I think that he, you know, the, the way that I view Trey Lance this week is better than the way that I viewed Justin Fields as a streamer that his first week, because the situation across the board is astronomically better than, than what we saw with Justin Fields. Not only that, but Trey Lance as a prospect was someone who I thought would run the ball more than Justin Fields because his arm wasn't as mature as Justin Fields is. Um, I mean, Fields is like one of the Fields is a great deep ball thrower. He is. Um, and, and, yeah. And, and Trey Lance, Trey Lance is a little bit more raw. And so I, I think that we could see him escape the pocket a little bit more than what we saw with the Justin Fields. But on top of that, his coaches aren't as idiotic as Justin Fields' coaches are and his situation, offensive line weapons better. Um, so I, I do love Trey Lance this week. I think we're going to be censored by iTunes for you saying mobile juice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're going to survive that one. Um, that, that sounds like something that like Rich Rebar would say during a rant. It does. It does. Yeah. That, 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 that's a richism for sure. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones, the other Jones here. Uh, the Giants are seven point road dogs to Dallas this week. Uh, th- I think this is all not all about, but it's, it's a lot about Daniel Jones's rushing attempts. He has 28 rushing attempts through four games. Uh, he's sixth among quarterbacks in design runs. I mentioned earlier with Darnold. Uh, almost 29% of Daniel Jones's fantasy production this year has come on the ground. That's significant, some would say. Um, if he can keep that up, I think I think he's probably a pretty solid play week in and week out. I'm not I'm not anointing him like a, a must start every week because I think he will be a little bit matchup dependent. Um, but his passing has improved too. Uh, Daniel Jones's adjusted yards per attempt jumped from 6.1, which is abysmal in 2020, to 8.5 this season. His 2021 completion rate is five and a half points higher so far than it was last year. So the passing has improved. He's rushing. I think he. I think he's an upside player this week. Yeah, I, I kind of like Jones. I'd, I'd probably would say that um, I'd play Darnold and Lance over him, but I think he's next on the list this week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to finish this off by talking about a deep play. Jameis Winston. Denny, the Washington football team is the worst team in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks this year, given the way that I, you know, my method in doing that. I believe um, it. But there, there was a great tweet from Anthony Staggs at Staggs NFL. Uh, and essentially in his tweet essentially showed that the numbers that Washington has allowed this year to quarterbacks, which they haven't played only good quarterbacks, but the, no. the, they played like Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan and uh, Justin Herbert. And who's there's another one that I'm missing, but I can't think Matt of Ryan. Them. Well, you said Matt Ryan. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So the, the quarterback numbers against Arizona or sorry, against Washington has essentially been the exact same as Kyler Murray. So wow. a quarterback against Washington has, has equaled Kyler Murray. Um, I, I think that there's, you know, the downside with Jameis Winston is they're conservative offensively. They, they're like, they're not throwing the ball that much and Taysom Hill is there. Right. Sure. But I do think that if you're in a pinch, 
I, I don't totally mind Jameis Winston because of this matchup. Yeah. I, I just, I, I freak out unnecessarily probably about Taysom Hill and, and also the grinded out nature of Sean Payton's offense this year. Yeah. Yeah. If you want, I mean, Denny and I had one more guy on our list too. And Jacoby Brissett, cause he's playing Tampa Bay, similar situation. If you want to just like go total D and say negative game script guy, he, maybe he can run the ball a lot. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's kind of in that same, like we were contemplating not talking about Winston not talking about Brissett. We weren't going to bring up Brissett and we didn't until I just did. But, <laughs> um, but like, I think that they're in like that same sort of tier where Winston's safer, but Brissett probably brings a little bit more upside just given that opponent in Tampa Bay and, and the way that they've been able to stop the pass, which is not much at all. Yeah. Uh, Tampa is the ultimate run up, uh, sorry, pass funnel. So yeah. that, you know, Brissett is okay for that purpose. Yeah. All right. Let's get through tight ends quickly. Uh, you can kick things off. Uh, Tyler Conklin at Detroit or versus Detroit. Just start your Vikings. Honestly, uh, it's a great you know environment, fantasy environment here. The Vikings have the fourth highest total of the week against the Lions. Uh, last week, Conklin ran uh, a season high, seventy eight percent of routes on Kirk Cousins dropbacks. That didn't make sense at all. He ran a route on season high, seventy eight percent of Cousins dropbacks last week against Cleveland. Forget about his stat line. Forget about every Viking stat line last week. Just put it out of your mind. Um, he has 14 targets over the past two weeks, and Detroit is the ninth best adjusted tight end matchup per JJ. The next guy is Anthony Ferkser. Uh, He ran a healthy number of, of routes this past week without Julio and, a- and AJ Brown. I would only play Ferkser if those guys were both out this week because he hasn't been that involved in the offense. He had like a 10% target here this past week. But the reason I'm bringing him up is because that, that target share could increase a little bit against Jacksonville because they're allowing the second most adjusted fantasy points to tight ends this year. So I think Ferkser can work in a, in a deeper format. Ferk Daddy. Is Ferk, Ferk Daddy. This yes. is really unfortunate. Uh, I, I, I low-key kind of love Cameron Brait uh, this week against the Dolphins. So last week against New England, uh, Brait ran 31 routes with Gronk out, of course. Ran 31 routes uh, to O.J. Howard's 15 routes. Brait saw six targets to Howard's one target. The Bucs have a 29-point implied total here. They should just score all the points, honestly, against this Dolphins team. And tight ends are averaging seven targets per game uh, against Miami. I, I was encouraged by his usage. I know it didn't come to much last week, but with Gronk continuing to, to nurse those broken ribs, I think Brady's a, a nice play. Next is Dalton Schultz. Uh, this could be the last week that we recommend him, honestly, because of uh, percent roster numbers. Uh, but last week, he finally separated himself from Blake Jarwin. He had 19 routes to Blake Jarwin's nine. Uh, he had a much, he's had a much bigger target share the last two weeks. So, you know, weeks one and two, things were pretty close from a peripheral standpoint. Week three, uh, the, some of the peripherals were really close, except the target share numbers favored Dalton Schultz. This past week, everything favored Dalton Schultz. So Schultz is the guy that you want. Dallas, 29-point implied team total. Again, I think Schultz is a tight end one this year from here on out, maybe a lower end one because Michael Gallup's going to be back eventually. But I think he's a tight end one from here on out, and he should be started. Uh, Evan Ingram is my least favorite streamer of the week. Maybe you disagree, JJ, but his routes dropped in week four against the Saints while Kyle Rudolph's routes ticked up a little bit. That's a that's a tad concerning on my end. Uh, Ingram had five catches for 27 yards with an A dot of three on a day where Daniel Jones threw for over 400 yards. Yeah. That just sucks, honestly. 
Um, tight ends are averaging seven and a half targets per game against Dallas. So I suppose you could do worse than Ingram. Yeah, I would play like Zach Ertz, for example, the last guy that we're going to talk about over uh, someone like Ingram. Uh, Ertz now has more targets in Dallas Goddard this year, and he's run a similar number of routes. And the Panthers, you know, again, I think entering last week, we mentioned this, but the Panthers were really bad or really good looking in terms of uh, the number of fantasy points they allowed to the tight end position. But when you adjusted that for their opponent, they were very middle of the road. And then what we saw this past week, Dalton Schultz going off. Now they're the 11th uh, best matchup for a tight end in terms of adjusted fantasy points allowed. So just given the fact that Zach Ertz is involved in that offense, you know, if you're sitting there and you're saying, I would play Dallas Goddard, well, then you should probably just play Zach Ertz too because he's doing the exact same thing that Dallas Goddard is. There you go. All right, to recap, Evan Ingram, Tyler Conklin, Zach Ertz, Cameron Brait, Dalton Schultz, Anthony Ferkser, Daniel Jones, Jameis Winston, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Sam Darnold, Arizona, Atlanta, Vegas, and Minnesota. And hopefully we, you know, we obviously give you guys a lot of uh, recommendations, but hopefully, you know, we sifted through it to let you know who we like the most out of that group. All right, let's go over to Twitter and start things off with at Sharda Minards. <laughs> Denny, re- Denny recently came out as a Kid A truther, which is, of course, correct. Got me thinking, if either of you had to start a music podcast on a band or artist, who would you choose? Yeah, so Kid A is a is an album from Radiohead from 2000, I believe, or 2001. Anyway, yes, I am a truther. I talked about it on Twitter the other day. Um, if I had to start a podcast, I think we all know who yeah. you know who I need to talk about is David Bowie. I, I, my my knowledge of, of Bowie is is far beyond any uh, my knowledge of any other band or or, or artist or album. Um, I, I don't know if you can see behind me. I have like four books on, on Bowie. So uh, it would, yes, it would be Bowie for me. You also are wearing a David Bowie shirt right now. Oh, I am. I forgot. Yeah. 90% of my shirts are now Bowie stuff. Bowie <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have an answer for this. I'm not, I'm not into music enough to have an answer for this. Like I, I, I yeah. Well, Denny, Denny did say that it would be, it would be like boys to men is, yeah. is what Denny said. <laughs> You could talk. I heard you talk passionately about boys. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, no, it'd probably be. Uh, probably be something on. Uh, it would probably be Hans Zimmer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of flabbergasted at the moment, but I get it because you, you like his soundtracks. All, all I do is uh, during the day now, through, through the last like decade of my life, when I work, all I do is listen to. Um, movie scores that have turned into and now people just make music that, that are equivalent to that. Yeah. But that's all I, that's all I listen to now. So, I mean, uh, uh, that's a, it's either I listen to that or if I'm hanging out around the house, we listen to, we'll, we'll listen to a lot of like yacht rock stuff. And then if I'm, and then I also will now listen, I, I've, I, over the, you know, as I've become uh, a, a dad um, and, yeah. you know, I've grown and matured through my twenties. I, I've turned it to white people music and singer songwriter stuff. Right. right. Uh, and if you really want to convert, you know, to full white dad in your thirties, you got to start listening to Steely Dan. I hate yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I usually will go to like hollow notes when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm really feeling some yacht rock. That works too. Yeah. Hollow notes are, are great. Uh, next question at mana underscore dork. Do you have a fantasy rival? I have someone in one of my leagues who always has a good team. And every time we go head to head, both of our teams end up scoring way higher than the rest of the league. Do you have one? 
Um, I don't know. I have, I have people that, yeah, I mean, I have one that dates back to like middle school and I still am in leagues with him, but it's not as intense as it used to be just because I I don't know. I I feel like that's the way that like my, at least my life has gone where like fandom and things like that, like all of that stuff has just been like tamed. Like, it's just not, it's just not as crazy and loud and obnoxious as it used to be. And it sounds sad. But yeah. it's also, you know, it's just, I don't really like, we still jab at each other, but it's not as like, so live and die by it as it used to be. I think different, uh, different seasons of your life, different things are important. You know, I, yeah. I, I used to be hugely uh, into, uh, into horror movies and I still am to a point, but not, not nearly as much as, as I, as I was. Um, and I, I just lost my train of thought, but the, you, rival you were saying oh the, the rival i was i was uh, i had a major rival in my family and friends league which disbanded some years ago uh it's a guy i went to school with uh high school with uh, his name is pat lane and i will send him this podcast so he can listen to it but we wanted to destroy each other all week headed into our into our matchups and one time we played in this in the semifinal, and i'm telling you we, we saw each other at a christmas party the day before the night before the matchup and we we were like we were ready to like throw down like i i i, I thought we we actually might fight and i've never fought o- over anything so it, it, it would have been it would have been something i wanted to destroy this guy he wanted to humiliate me i believe i won that uh that fantasy semifinal on the strength of carrie collins throwing three touchdowns wow yeah. wow that's a throwback <laughs> name Next question at fantasy Ronan fill in the blank. The thing I appreciate the most about Denny is blank. The thing I appreciate the most about JJ is blank. Okay. So I'm going to say, um, I will say for Denny, the thing that I appreciate most about him is his character. And what I mean by that is your, your ability to, always just be you through whether it's a bit or not a bit you are always you the key to a bit is to go so deep into the bit that you forget who you are yeah (laughs) yeah but i mean like like i think that what's special about denny is that you are able to obviously consistently be a character (laughs) on social media at times but even off social media you are, you are you and you do not, uh, question it and you are proud of it. And I appreciate that. Thanks. I would say for you, I appreciate your earnestness. And by that, I mean that when you care about something, whether it's fantasy, non-fantasy family, friends, whatever, a, 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 a movie, a, you know, a podcast that you were talking about earlier, you are earnestly very into it and want to want to know as much as possible about that thing. And, and no, no one, I mean, I think anybody who even, who even vaguely follows you on Twitter would, 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 would say the same, which is why when I, when people like go after you on, on Twitter, I think it's, it's, it's harder for you to come back at them because you're earnest because, because you can't you can't help your earnestness and that's and that's not a bad thing at all 
It's it's funny that you point that out because one of the things that I've always that I used to always struggle with, like whenever, like back in high school, when they were like, "You need to get a job. You need to do this. You need." I would only want to do things that I really cared about. But when I did those things, I would crush those things. Like I would go so far into those things and like really, really go hard with it. You know, I was always good in like school, even though I had to do stuff that I didn't want to do. And I, you know, I think that you just grow and you naturally are just like, yeah, I know that I'm gonna have to do stuff that I don't want to do. But yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that, that you can recognize yeah. that. And I hope people recognize that, that I, the things that I'm passionate about, um, I am passionate about them. Like I, right. I go hard and try you, to, you don't try to, uh, you don't try to be good at, at every, uh, you don't try to be great at every single thing, That's which right. I, I think is, is a, is a temptation, especially with social media, but you, you don't, you don't do that. Yeah. I appreciate it. That was a fun exercise. That was next question. This is from at lovey Stalingrad. In addition, is Dalton Knox an every week starter at this point? I'm in love with my Alan Knox stack, which um, I think in most cases, he's probably until this like ends, um, he's probably an every week starter. Like if your waiver wires relatively, like I, I, I feel a little bit more confident in like Dalton and Dalton Schultz than I do Dawson Knox. I almost called him Dawson Schultz. Um, and, <laughs> and Dal- it's the same thing. I mean, they're just both like, like millennial white names. Uh, but I, I would I, I would say that uh, you know I would probably prefer like Schultz over Knox, but you know he might not be on your waiver wire, and I think Knox is totally fine. I think that he's a really good option. Yeah, I'm starting Dawson Knox over the streamers this week for sure. Yeah. Uh, next question is from at J Deck eighty nine. Would Denny rather eat another meat mountain or a pumpkin spice bologna sandwich? And he sends a picture of an Oscar Mayer pumpkin spice bologna package. Man, it, it, that can't be real, can it? I mean, they're pumpkin spicing everything right now, Denny. I, I, I know. I mean, I, I my mentions are filled with people saying, oh, look at pumpkin spice this, pumpkin spice oil change. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's too far. It's gone too far. The pumpkin spice uh, oil change. <laughs> What do they? What do they do? Um, I I don't know. I, I I can't deal with meat mountain again. Like I I didn't feel right for like twenty four hours. So maybe maybe I'll just I'll just gut 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 out the uh, bologna thing. I'm fairly certain, given my diet change, which by the way, Denny, I don't know if you heard, but I eat gluten, dairy, and soy free now. Um, Never heard of it. No. I, I'm fairly certain that I would. I would die if I ate a meat. I mean, both of these things, but meat mountain, I would, I would not be able to survive that. Yeah. I, I, don't I, think. I, I think you would have to eat it right outside of a hospital so that yeah. you could go right in. Yeah, that's right. Next question at Noda underscore burner. My new place has toothbrush holders by the sink in the bathroom. I know y'all said stop with the poo related questions, but I need to know, do y'all store your toothbrushes in a cabinet or leave it out in the open to get poo particles all over them and brush your teeth with it? In a cabinet. I don't. No. But here's the thing: I, my my bathroom where I brush my teeth, our master bathroom has a has a separate room for the for the toilet. Okay. So it's it's you can you can it's it's not like I'm brushing my teeth next to the toilet where people take a dumperoo. <laughs> dumperoo. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, it's not it's not really like an issue. Yeah, right. it's, if, if that was yeah, this is not an issue. I like no. if, if someone if someone even had their toothbrush next to the but maybe not like right next to it because you might get some some uh some urine splash uh you know from that. Yeah. But right. but but you know so don't put it like 
on the toilet or right next to the toilet. But if it's in the same room as your toilet, I don't think that you're going to actually get like a disease from poo particles. No, of course. And and I got my, and I have, I have my PhD. You probably, right. Exactly. You, you probably ingest, you know, poo particles every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not, it's not a big deal. What what I would say is just don't like, you know, don't, don't uh, clean the toilet with your toothbrush. That's one thing I would avoid. All right. Next question. We will go to at foot bumbles on Twitter. It says after the Harbaugh clap back on Fangio, what are your favorite moments in NFL trash talk history? I think this is mine since they've both been mediocre to irrelevant ever since. And this is the Devonte. I don't, I don't remember this. Do you remember this? The Devonte Parker and Michael Thomas beef? No, I don't remember that. It's a, it's a conversation of, of the two of them. Uh, where Michael Thomas says, go run some numbers up. Then you can talk. I lapped you and you've been in the league longer than me. First rounder. He said, got some hard feelings there, brother. Let me get targeted 300 times a game. Uh, And then Michael Thomas says, in other words, you weak. They don't even put your name in the same sentence as me. Remember that. Okay. So there's just a back and forth between these two. I think the best trash talking moment in NFL history is when Steve Smith completely owned Denny. Just owned Denny. Right. He told me that he would buy my former uh, draftdayconsultants.com so that he could own me. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was, I mean, that's, that's the number one trash talking thing that I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that probably qualifies. I mean, Steve Smith had some other trash talking moments if I remember correctly, but uh, that, that was the, that was top, top of the, uh, top of the standings. Next question at number one, Pana, is there no more annoying thing on, uh, sorry. Is there no more annoying thing than on pace Twitter? What is the purpose of it? Yeah. It, it, I mean, mostly, I think it's mostly for fun. I don't know. Yeah. It's not, it's not instructive or actionable. Usually uh, it's, it's for fun. Like if a guy go, has, has a crazy first three or four games of the year, you mean like he's on pace for 312 targets or something, you know, that, right. that's, that's the extent of it. But if you're, if you're really making, decisions based on that stuff. That's, that's not good. Right. Next question at TW Colbin, what's the best way to handle people listening to music without headphones slash having a loud FaceTime conversation in a crowded space, for example, on public transportation, just shoot them dirty looks or ask them if they need you to go buy them some headphones. Uh, I mean, I'm with you on confrontation, so I'm not doing shit. Yeah. I just kind of let it go. Maybe I'll give them a glance and see if they know. But here's the, here's the thing. People who do that do not pick up on social cues like that. They don't, they don't, they don't pick up on people staring at them and number one, they don't care. But number two, like in order to be that socially inept, you know, you're not, you, you are socially inept, right? Like if you're doing something like that, then you clearly just don't understand how humans function. Yeah. I mean, you, you're going to have to have a sit down, like an extended sit down with this person to start with like the base, like base level, like, like being, you know, social politeness standards. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes, exactly. Next question at Sean MD Terps. Will LTS darling Tyler Lockett ever just settle in or are we destined to ride the 4.30 point, 4.30 point roller coaster every week for the rest of his career? Here's the thing. So people I've seen people on Twitter uh, talk about how the first two weeks of the season, everyone was victory lapping their Tyler Lockett takes. Then the last two weeks, everyone's been silent because, you know, when they were victory lapping, they were saying, see, consistency isn't a thing. It doesn't matter. 
No, that, that's never been any, any rational take with Tyler Lockett. It hasn't been, he's not inconsistent, right? The, the, the rational take with Tyler Lockett, in my opinion, has been we overrate what consistency means, right? Yes, right. Which is two very, very different things. It's okay that, I mean, of course, we'd rather him just score a lot of points all the time, but you, you understand that he's going to be more inconsistent than other wide receivers are because of the nature of his game. And the fact that he sometimes blows up with these deep balls uh, where he doesn't in other games, it's called regression. But like th- this idea that consistency, and I see people respond and be like, yeah, I just want consistency on my rosters. Guys, no. I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm going to do a study this offseason to show that consistency really doesn't matter in fantasy football. It, do- it does not matter. Please do that because I, I think consistency is one of, along with a balanced roster, yeah. I'm doing the air quotes, balance, right? Balance roster and, and, and consistency are the, 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 the two most ridiculous concepts that people are obsessed with. They are obsessed with, yeah. I want a consistent performer. I, I don't want a guy who can single-handedly win your week. Like Tyler Lockyer. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't want him because then he's going to score six points and, and I'm going to lose. No, but he won you your week. So are you, why are you ignoring that? Right. Like, like right now, here, like, here's the thing. People were like, yeah, I have Ty- Tyree kills a perfect example too. Cause he's had two really mo- like legitimately yeah. monster weeks and, week? and he's had two not so great weeks. The assumption is that you can't win if one of these guys has a bad week. And it's just, it's just a bad way of looking at this. It's a bad way of looking at this period. So yeah. It, if your team needs Tyreek Hill to score 40 to 50 PPR points in order to win the rest of your team sucks. Yeah. Like you did, you did a terrible job of, of, of drafting your team. Now you should be able to win some games when Tyreek Hill has 10 to 12 PPR points. And then you win autumn. It's an auto win when he goes off. That's, that's the idea. Right. I I think that the biggest, the, the best way to think of this is People make the assumption that consistent pieces are so much better with their middle of the road production versus the lows of the inconsistent pieces, right? right? So a good example of that, Tyler Lockett scores like four and a half fantasy PPR fantasy points last week, something like that, right? So Tyler Lockett scores four and a half fantasy points and you're like, well, I'm glad I got this consistent piece that scored 11 points this past week, right? You have to look at the delta between those two. And you realize that that's a seven point difference and you're touting and getting excited about this consistent piece, but that consistent piece, as you're noting and understanding and comprehending is never going to give you the, the, the monster week. So you have to look at what the, the base, the true baseline is for a player like Lockett and some of these other higher variance players, like a Tyreek Hill, what their true baseline is. And give that context because basically what I, what I haven't done the study on the inconsistency yet, but basically what I think is going to come to fruition, because I've studied it a little bit and I've looked into it, but what I think what's going to happen is yes, there are consistent players versus inconsistent players, but the Delta between that consistency and the meaningful, like how meaningful that Delta is, is just not significant enough for you to drastically change your approach because you're going to start to be suboptimal when you do that. You're going to start picking guys who you perceive to be consistent, which is not going to be predictable for the majority of these people. Anyway, you're going to start drafting these guys because you think that they're consistent when 
you know, you're, you're going to get that wrong and you're going to get their projection wrong. And you're like, just pick guys who are going to see a lot of volume and don't care about how they're scoring points so much. You, the way I see, I, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Obviously I, I draft a bunch of receivers and tight ends, uh, well, maybe an, an elite tight end early. And sometimes I'll have a team with Tyree kill Tyler Lockett and, and, and another high variance type type receiver. I know that you can't beat me when those guys go off. And I believe that I should be able to grind out a few wins on in weeks where nobody, none of my high variance guys goes nuclear. That's the idea. Right. Not only that, but it's a single elimination tournament in the majority of leagues. And you need that, that, that ceiling when the playoffs come, because you are playing against other teams that have good players because they're in the playoffs. So you need that ceiling. Uh, next question. Uh, let's go to at, let's go back to at lovey Stalingrad. There's two questions from, from lovey this week in, right. in, in a new relationship. After my wife left me, I've decided I can never poo or pass gas in this person's vicinity. Thoughts, suggestions. <laughs> Get a cork. I don't know. I mean, no, here, here's my, but here's, here's my thing. If you're in a relationship and you're worried that or, is this going to happen forever? Like, are you are, like, if this is a forever relationship with someone, oh, yeah. when now they're, they're probably not thinking along those lines. Right. But I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm saying if you are, but I don't know, I, you and I, you and I are in a unique position because yeah. it's not like we went through our twenties on Tinder, right? Like, like, and, and, and doing like different apps. Right. And so <laughs> doing different apps. we're, we're, we're <laughs> We're in this unique position where we say, well, you should just be looking for someone that you want to just be around all the time. Right. Oh, but, yeah, I, but, no. but, but, but people don't, people don't think that way. Yeah. No, and, 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 that, and that's fine. Look, the, um, you got to position yourself. Right. So like, if you really need to fart, you got to be in a position to go, to go do that and then come back to the, to where, whatever you're doing, but having awareness and making sure that you don't just rip it is, is, is critical here. Like, like keep, keep your head on a swivel in that way. Oh, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling it. I got to leave just for a moment and don't try to get fancy. Don't try to get, don't try to let it out a little bit, you know, and then, and then. No, <laughs> then that, that's de- when, that's when disaster strikes. No, and then have to deny it. And then, it, and then it's awkward. Oh, don't do that. Just get out, d- do it and, and then come back. But eventually you get to a point where you say you, you cannot be in a long, long term. Like if this is a casual relationship, whatever, like you don't want to, you don't need to fart and poop in front of them. But, but what were you going to say? You have, you've never farted in front of your wife? I haven't farted or pooped in front of my wife in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'm saying you're going to have to get to Like, you're not going to want to live the, if if this gets serious at some point. Okay. Let's say that you're a year in and you're like, man. Maybe I can be with this person for the rest of my life. You have to think about what that means in terms of holding in your farts for the rest of your life. And that, that's not only, that's not only tough to do and that's not only going to hurt, but it's not even healthy. It's an unhealthy thing to do to your body. No, it's not. Uh, I, I would say this probably applies more to, to women who don't want to do that in front yeah. of guys. Uh, just, just from my very little experience in that area. Uh, more than guys because guys are expected like we're expected to just be disgusting all the time so i I think i think maybe maybe you know if this is a guy i assume it's a guy since he's listening to our podcast shout out to the five women who listen yeah um but uh if this is a guy 
the expectation, the bar is very low. So you don't have to be that careful, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next question at Tom underscore McGovern 17. Should Urban Meyer ever be able to coach football again? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's going to coach a major college program. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, that's, that's the direction this is going, but I, I just like the, the whole, like, I don't remember hating a coach more than I hate Urban Meyer. I, I truly dislike him. And, and I have for, for a long time. It, yeah. Yeah. Same. You know, his hiring of the strength and conditioning coach back in February, who, you know, was highly, very visible and very publicly in trouble for what players at Iowa described as racist, like blatantly racist behavior um, and basically abusing his players. Urban Meyer hired that guy and thought he could get away with it. And that, that, that tells you something about him. How awkward would it be to like be his kid or like grandkid or whatever wow. and, and see yeah. that video? Like, and look, I, I, let me say this too. Okay. A lot of people, unfortunately, I mean, like I, 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 a lot of people do what Urban Meyer did. Okay. Like, and it's unfortunate and I, it's not something that I think is, is good or whatever, but like a lot of people do what he did. And so we have to have that context at least that like, but, but Urban Meyer is also in this position where like he knows better and he should not be doing that kind of stuff, but he can't help it because he's wants to be in positions of power. And he is, I know that I'm like psychoanalyzing this a little bit, but like he, like the people like Urban Meyer who have been in these positions for as long as they've been in these positions think that they can get away with everything. Right. Yeah. And I just think to myself though, like how do you as a family member or like someone who's a son or a daughter or a grandkid, like look at that video and not like just, I I, I would just immediately start vomiting. It's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. It has to be so awkward. I mean, his wife was on Twitter on Shelly Meyer, I believe, was on Twitter liking tweets at her saying, you deserve better than him, Shelly. Yeah. She was like, I mean, how awkward is that? Yeah, that's what what I'm saying. And and what I meant whenever I was starting this out is like, I I know that like people are bad when it comes to relationships, people do not are not as loyal as they should be. And like, so like these kinds of things happen and I live a relatively sheltered life. And I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not hanging out with people who are like doing stupid things and bad things that are spouses because I choose to not be around those kinds of people. But like, like this happens to a lot of people who are in positions like Urban Meyer is in, and it's so sad and it makes me sick. It may, it's honestly like, just like watching that video and seeing that video. It's not that like he broke the law or he killed someone. Like he did this it's just, it's so gross and it's so morally stupid and wrong. And it pisses me off. I mean, he said it was stupid. So. Yeah. At least he knows that. At least he sees that. It's just like, like, dude, what are you, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, like, how old is he? Uh, late fifties. Yeah. Late fifties, early sixties or something like, like he's, and, and he's out there doing that with like, like, like what on earth is going through your head? Like, what are you doing, dude? Just, uh, it it's not that hard. Uh, wow. I should, I mean, I, 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 yeah, exactly. And I, I realized I just said, it's not that hard, but I mean, and you, you don't, and you don't know that for a fact. I, don't, I definitely do not know that for a fact. Anyway, I know that I'm like, not really saying coherent things. I just want to, I, I, it's just so frustrating that this stuff happens. Like, it's just so sick. It's so stupid. <laughs> 
Sorry. All right. He's, oh, the kids are saying he's horny on Maine. That's that, that, that. That's what I saw today. Like, why? Why is it so hard for guys to not be this horny? Like, just uh, this, like, this do something. This is a question that's been asked for millennia. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy to me. All right. Next question at rejected papers. No question. Just wanted to congratulate you both on really successful careers. Many of us have been here since the beginning and it's great to see how well you've done against the, against all odds in Denny's case. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I somehow avoided cancellation. I somehow avoided being uh, kicked off the internet. And, uh, and yes, thank you. That's really nice. That's really nice. Of, it's very uh, nice. Yeah. It's very nice of Jeff. Uh, first off, before I get to the last question, I want to congratulate Bethany L. Peters, the Mm -hmm. 18th on finishing and doing the London marathon and, and raising awareness and for world vision and just doing an unbelievable job and raising money, et cetera, et cetera. So congratulations to Bethany, longtime listener of the show, longtime supporter of the show. Uh, really, really awesome stuff. Last question is going to be from our buddy, Armando Guzman. Uh, Armando Guzman, 21, you can eliminate one NFL team from ever existing. Which one is it? Um, I mean, I want to say the giants just cause I, I dislike their fans so much, uh, but, but they have to stay. Uh, I, I think it's time for the Jags to go. Yeah. Like I, that, that's the way I see it too. Like my initial thought was like, Oh my God, I can't stand. And look, I know people listening to the show. I'm not like singling you out, but I can't stand Buffalo fans and I can't stand new England fans. They, they, they're just so, so like to a fault, they just go to the grave with, with anything for their team. Right. And, yeah. and I, I tweet things about Buffalo and like, I, and I immediately Bill's mafia comes after me when I'm saying something favorable about their team. Uh, it's just, it's very, very tilting. Uh, but I respect the hell out of their, uh, their, passion. their passion for it. And, and you can't like remove these teams from NFL history. That, that's that's the main reason why I don't think you can remove one of those teams, right? Right. So who are you going with? So I think it's the Jags. Yeah, I mean, it's either the Texans or the Jags, but the, it's got to be one. Yeah, and I think that if you – because the Texans, you kind of got to connect to – I mean, you could also – I hate to say this, but you could also say the Panthers. Yeah. And I say this I, – I hate saying that because I live in Charlotte and I love the Panthers and I love, like, what they're building and – the the fans are great here because they're not like so so intense um but i think that you can make the argument for the panthers too because if you remove them the history of the nfl doesn't get that dramatically different yeah no yeah well they got to one they got to the yeah they, the two they had the, the cam one and they had the jake delone one. Oh man i forgot about the cam one what a horrible super bowl happened. yeah i guess the jags are probably the answer though yeah, it's it's just futile at this point. Like it yeah. doesn't matter what they do; they're just that the stench of failure is so entrenched in that organization. It no one can shake it loose. No one, yeah. and they're going to continue to make terrible decisions. It might be the owner, Shad Khan, might just be a really, really horrible decision maker. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for today's show, Denny. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find all my stuff stuff on NBCSportsEdge.com. Also, check out our season-long tools uh, and our DFS tools. We have a great NFL optimizer uh, that I've been using for DFS purposes. We also have a college football optimizer, which gives me some idea of who to play despite not knowing anything about college football. Anyway, check out my kicker column and other stuff at NBCSportsEdge.com. 
Uh, and I know that you sent me a tilt montage. By the way, you can find all my stuff on Twitter at Late Round QB. But I know that you sent me a tilt montage because I downloaded it already and I have it ready to insert into the show so people can listen to it. So, Denny, thanks for sending that over. Everyone, thanks for listening. Urban Meyer, keep it in your pants. And we'll talk to you guys next week. I know that you guys thought that you were going to listen to Denny here, and I will get to him in just a second. The tilt montage will play. But first, I just wanted to say I'm sorry about the audio over the last couple of weeks. I know it hasn't been very good. We're finding a solution. We will have a solution. It will be better next week. Enjoy the tilt montage. It's uh, 8.57 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth, the Eastern time zone. Uh, This has nothing to do with football. And you might not be shocked by that. I'm really tired of uh, commercials that try to portray the pandemic as a as a funny little little thing that happened to everyone. Just a just a quirky, out of nowhere situation where people adopted animals and learned to make chairs. And learn to sew and bake bread and other dumb shit. Uh, when in fact it's it's been it's been absolute misery for eighteen months. <laughs> we, and, and, and and with no with no hope in sight. So please, corporate entities, if you're listening, and I know you are, uh, consider uh, not painting the pandemic as uh, as just a as just a fun little interruption for all of us because it, it's not it's, it it has not been that i can report with confidence my sources tell me including the ones in my head tell me that it has not just been a quirky fun little thing where we ended up with with adopting animals and learning how to get along and do fun things around the house while we were locked inside and not able to do anything with anyone anywhere. It's not, it's not been that. All right, AT&T lady, whose name I don't know. So maybe ease up on those commercials because see, if you, if you commit to making those commercials, you're, you're going to be making them for years. It's going to be like 2028 and it'll be like, Oh, the, the, the latest uh, variant has uh, shut down society. But you, you adopted another dog. You have 11 dogs now. There you go. So it's all right. And you can get this wonderful iPhone 69 with a camera so real it transports you into the upside down. And you only have to pay $237 a month for that. It's great. It's great. The, 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 what, what I'm saying is the future is bright. I'm tilting. 9.06 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. Uh, I I can't tell you how aggravating it is that I like Tom Brady's ads, including his Subway ads, uh, 
where they actively make fun of his insane eating habits, which include, of course, not eating bread, which, of course, makes it funny, objectively funny, that he does national ads for Subway, a sandwich chain that prides itself on making bread, on, on producing bread that people like. And they got Tom Brady, who hasn't eaten bread since the second Bush administration. I apologize for getting political, but I had to say it. Tom Brady, who thinks that strawberries kill you. Tom Brady, who after probably after drinking tequila after the Super Bowl victory last year, uh, drank you know four hundred and twenty gallons of water to flush his system of the toxins. But by the way, you, you know you know what you know what works with the the flushing of the toxins. This is a little this is a this is a health tip for me. I, I'm not a doctor, but I do know that you have kidneys and you have a liver, and those things tend to do well with the toxins. So, you know, maybe you don't have to worry so much about the toxins. That it's just it's one thought that I've had. Again, not a doctor. Anyway, back to the subway ad. I I I like it and I hate that I like it. I hate that Tom Brady is so self-deprecating that you can't help but enjoy him, his public persona. You know, who who knows? How he is behind closed doors, I, you know, he's definitely not, not this. But s- someone has gotten in his ear about what what people like and what people want to see from him, and it's not, you know, the, the 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 super serious Super Bowl champion that we knew in New England. It's, you know, a, a self aware, ironic, funny self-deprecating guy that he is now on social media and and on his ads it's it's the worst it's the worst i'm tilting thank you for listening to live in the stream we hope you enjoyed the internet podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes now it won't take long it's fast Football info. Check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.